Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 39, in which I want to talk about in search of greener pastures. I think what we all know what that's kind of like. We, we all kind of get this sort of spirit of discontent about us, and we start looking to our left, and we look to the right, and we say, hey... That grass over there, it's a little greener than the grass that I'm currently residing on. And I think I would like to go from where I am to where that grass is greener in that field over yonder. I think we've all been there. We've been there when it comes to jobs. We've been there when it comes to relationships. We've been there in a variety of ways over the we're that way with church we're that way with ministries you name it uh we all kind of get this wandering shifty eye that that just makes us feel like we're kind of missing out and it's in this that i'm reminded of psalm 23 from the bible and if i can i'd just like to read that psalm it's just uh mere six verses and i'm gonna read it And I'm going to read it, if you don't mind, from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm not a King James only sort of guy. I seldom actually ever read the King James Version of the Bible. But Psalm 23 is one of those psalms that has to be read in the King James Version of the Bible. It's probably one of the most poetic and beautiful expressions ever written in the English language. And uh, I think it just captures the beauties and majesties of this particular psalm. I like to call Psalm 23 the Psalm of Psalms uh, when you get right down to it. And and you're probably all familiar with it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Right? <laughs> that's some good stuff. I don't care. Even if you're probably a non-believer, you're probably like, man, that's that's some good stuff. I like that. That's beautiful. I, I enjoyed the, the listening to that. So, uh, yeah, Psalm 23. I, I hope I did it justice. I'm sure there's somebody out there that can read it more purdy than I can say it. Um, but that'll, that'll preach. Uh, if that don't light your fire, then your log is wet, as uh, old timers would say. I love this psalm. It's a psalm that talks about the relationship that we have with the Lord. It talks about the journeys of life. It talks about green pastures. It talks about still waters. It talks about valleys of the shadows of death. And those are all places that I think we can relate to in our lives. We know what it's like to live in green pastures. We know what it's like to live in tranquil times. We know what it's like to live in frightening times. And I think this is a great psalm, and I I always get a little upset 
when I hear this psalm read at funerals, because I think this psalm is so inappropriate to read at funerals, even though it's frequently done. And I understand why it's done. But this psalm is ultimately not about dying, but this psalm is a psalm about living. And living life um, in light of God's trusty direction in that life. Um, and so, when we get to the end of our life, ah, I don't really find this psalm as having much application. Um, you know, this psalm has much application and uh, the dash between the beginning and ends of our lives. Um, but, uh, you know, I understand why pastors read it. I understand why priests read it. Uh, if anything, it's just beautiful. Um, but, uh, you know, if you ever hear somebody preach my funeral one day, please do not let Psalm 23 be read, even though somebody, well-meaning preacher, may be tempted to read it. Don't let that happen. Because uh, I read Psalm 23, and I read about it for the here and now. Uh, it's not going to do too much good for me when I'm dead. <laughs> so don't read it. Um, but you know, I read Psalm 23 and I say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And I think the beauty of this psalm and the majesty of this psalm and all that it implies, the rich theology um, that it implies, talks about the relationship that we have with the Lord. Um, and then it talks about somebody who truly does recognize Jesus as Lord, as trusting him as somebody who can guide and shape the comings and goings of our lives and the active involvement he has with that in our lives. Um, and, and I love this statement in verse 2, where after the, the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And that's not to say that everywhere the Lord has us to go in our lives is going to be grand and glorious. Uh, sometimes we're going to know what it's like to follow the Lord through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, but we trust that ultimately wherever we go in this life, that the Lord is going to lead us along the paths of righteousness. And that when he makes us to lie down at night, um, that the, the pastures that we lay down in, to rest, that they're plenty green. But I have to trust in that. I ultimately have to trust in that. I ultimately have to shift my perspective because sometimes my perspective tells me that, hey, you know, this isn't bad what I'm experiencing necessarily. But you know, over there, things could be so much better if I could just get over there, if I could just get the next job, if I could just get into the next relationship, if I could just get to the next church, if I could just get to the next ministry. <laughs> you know, we, we have this kind of wandering, covetous eye that makes us anything but content, that keeps us from seeing and trusting in the fact that where we are, the place that God has us, is plenty green. And, you know, I say that, though, but that's not to say we shouldn't ever move on in our lives um, from wherever we're at. You know, sometimes God doesn't have us just stay in one place our entire life. Our, our entire life is a journey of moving from one destination to that, uh, you know, 
entrusting the Lord to direct that as our as our shepherd. Um, but we should know that wherever our situation is at, uh, that we should trust that the Lord um, is looking out for us and that he has our best plans at heart, that he loves us, that he cares for us, and that he's ultimately got our back wherever we're at. So, you know, whatever holy discontentment we may be even experiencing in life, we should still be trusting that wherever we are at in that moment is a place that we can trust the Lord. And that should our situation never change, even when things get rough and things get patchy, <laughs> when things get hard, um, that we should still see that the, the grass beneath our feet is plenty and wonderfully green. And we should rejoice in that. And we should trust in that. And we should ultimately say, you know, this is where the Lord has made me to lie tonight. And I'm going to be happy in that. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> as we might, uh, you know, comfort ourselves with. But be that as it may, there are times in our lives where we do need to move forward. Where we do need to move on from the pasture that we're currently in. Um, and today's podcast is ultimately about knowing how to, to do that. And the warnings and pitfalls that uh, you know we might uh, need to keep in mind when we decide, hey, this is going to be a time that I need to, to move on. And knowing that situation and uh, when you should stay and when you should go, I believe ultimately requires entrusting in the Lord and making decisions that we only move forward after seeking out wise counsel uh, from the Lord and, and others. And ultimately making confident decisions, but doing so humbly and with the liberty that the Lord gives us to ultimately make the bold leaps of faith that we may need to make uh, when it comes time to move forward and onward in our lives. Um, but I believe that even when doing such, that such requires us to also simultaneously walk in a spirit of contentment that recognizes God's sovereignty over all of our lives um, and to rejoice and ultimately in whatever cards that we get dealt in life. But you know, ultimately, <laughs> that's not often the case. And we get a sense of frustration about life. We start looking over at things um, and uh, we kind of start falling into uh, the trap of what some have identified as the 80-20 principle. And I think it's kind of a good principle, you know, uh, to recognize. I don't know who, you know, recognized it first. I'm not going to say that I'm the genius that came up with this, but I think uh, it's something to recognize as part of the process that happens in us. Um, because it often comes about in our lives that uh, we're willing to leave the 80% of what we have in search for the 20% that we don't. We notice the 20% uh, and easily forget about the 80% that we have. We get dissatisfied and lack contentment. And as a result, we often can sometimes make really bad choices um, and majoring in minors and minoring in majors in search of a thing that we don't have. 
We do this with marriages. We do this with jobs. We do this with churches. We do this with ministries, etc. Um, so, you know, like for example, you might think, man, my wife, she's amazing. She's a great cook. She's a great, you know, keeper of the home. She has a great career. She's great with the children and so forth. But you know, we've been married 20 years and she doesn't look like she did when she was 21 anymore. So, you know, you start saying, Hey, what about that girl over there? She's a, she's a pretty young thing. And and she's kind of flirtatious, and she's kind of fun, and, you know, yeah, man, what wouldn't it be to, to have the excitement of young love again, the, and the physicality that comes with that, and, uh, you know, the, the sparks uh, that uh, used to exist maybe when I first started off in my relationship with my wife. Um, and so, you know, some men feeling those things, they kind of start to stray. <laughs> Uh, and they, they, they may step out on their wives as a result. And, and this sort of thing can, you know, be, again, replicated to, to jobs and to churches and to ministries and so forth. Um, you know, and I hope with today's podcast uh, to kind of uh, help us wrestle with that 80-20 dilemma. Because we, we'll leave the 80 for the 20 and then realize, man, the 20 is never as good as it was with the 80. Uh, so you might leave your, your wonderful wife, uh, for that hot young thing only to realize your hot young thing is stupid and naive and, uh, wasn't nearly as amazing as the wife that you did have. Uh, and then you probably are going to be in a situation where you want to curse God and die. Um, but, uh, I hope to kind of protect you from that and to kind of maybe help you wrestle, uh, with, when and how we should move on for for those greener pastures that we that we may see and and when we should take advantage of opportunities that uh, come for us in life and you know maybe uh, to help recognize when we should not move on well let me first and foremost say <laughs> I think it goes without saying whatever you do should be done with integrity uh, you know it's not in the Lord's plans for you. Uh, to leave your wife in search of that hot new thing uh, in your life. So I think that kind of goes without saying. Um, but let me just put that out there in case any of you have a wandering eye. Wandering eye. God's will is not for you uh, to marry somebody else that's already married or to uh, marry somebody else that you're not currently married to. So if uh, you're kind of in a situation like that with life, let me just tell you, um, you know, you need a little bit more help than maybe this podcast is going, uh, to be able to provide. So, uh, if you're thinking about doing that, um, don't do that. You know, I, I'm hoping to tell people here, uh, that are listening to this podcast that, you know, maybe are making, uh, you know, trying to not make such stupid decisions, but make wise decisions. So let me help you decide when and how you should move on. Let me give you some general principles. Yes. We need to recognize that the Lord is sovereign and in control of our lives and that um, where he has placed us are green pastures. And we need to recognize a spirit of contentment with that um, in our following of uh, the Lord. Um, but, you know, there are times in which we need to say, hey, uh, kind of like uh, Moses told the Jews when they were wandering uh, around the mountain. Hey, 
you've been at this mountain wandering around it long enough. So let me tell you how to go forward from here. Um, so let me help you figure that out today. So let me give you seven principles that I've kind of jotted down today um, to help you discern in your life, um, you know, when it is ultimately time to move forward. And let me just say, every situation is ultimately unique. I'm not going to claim these seven things are one size fits all principles. Um, so take them with a healthy grain of salt. But let me just give you some things to think and pray about and help you ultimately uh, way when you consider um, whether you've been at a situation long enough and when you need to seek out uh, quote-unquote greener pastures. Let me say first, I believe that God has given us tremendous liberty in our lives. But I also recognize that God has made us stewards of creation. He didn't tell Adam and Eve what plants to tend to in the Garden of Eden. Or how to do it. He simply let them decide. He said, hey, be fruitful and multiply. Take care of this garden that I've given you. And while we may no longer be in the Garden of Eden, um, I believe that wherever we are in life, because of the Lord, that is the garden that the Lord has given us to tend to. And like Adam and Eve, he has given us great liberty in Christ to make decisions freely so long as we ultimately honor God in what we do and attempt to walk in his ways. Um, you know, Jesus, even though kind of different context here, Jesus did say to the disciples that what you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. And while, again, that was a slightly different context than what I'm immediately talking about here, at the end of the day, God's got our back. And everywhere that we garden, in the Lord, uh, we garden his, as his stewards and the choices that we make, um, you know, God's ultimately, in many ways, going to back up what we do. So we don't need to sit here and ache and agonize and wonder what the perfect will of God is in our lives as, you know, we try to wrestle out these things in our lives and the major life decisions that we ultimately have to make. But again, I believe God has given us great liberty as stewards of the garden that he's placed us in. So we should make choices, uh, dramatic choices at times, with that liberty, recognizing God's ultimately got our back. And as, as our chief shepherd, as the shepherd of our souls, um, you know, he's going to be leading us and guiding us in our comings and goings. And that wherever we ultimately settle down is going to be the green grass that he has for us. Point number two, pray and seek after wise counsel from others. While we do have freedom to make decisions on our own, let's not be cocky about it. Just because we can make decisions on our own doesn't mean that uh, we should make such decisions free from the input of others. Uh, we should not only seek the Lord in prayer, um, but... We should seek counsel from wise and trusted individuals who care for us, who have integrity, um, individuals that can speak into our lives on behalf of the Lord and to help guide us uh, through, you know, making those tough decisions. Um, and, you know, I look back in my life and I think, man, how much I regret not taking the counsel of others 
um, or seeking that counsel out to begin with and trusting that the counsel that I would have received from such individuals or that I received whether I sought out their counsel or not, especially namely that of my parents, um, was ultimately God's hand attempting to guide me in my life. Uh, and through such, uh, tr and, and through much trial and error, I ultimately saw <laughs> the corrective uh, shepherd's hook of God, his rod and his staff, uh, those hard things uh, that keep you on track. Uh, you know, I might have not liked the rod and the staff when they came, um, but they ultimately were there to protect me and guide me and comfort me just the same. So seek counsel from others. Point number three, trying to avoid making decisions purely out of disappointment, hurt, frustration, anger, or other negative, powerful emotions. Otherwise, you'll find yourself, I believe, uh, perpetually hopping from job to job, lover to lover, church to church. And I think, you know, you've seen that bear out in your life. You hate your job, so you search for another job and only find that you get that job and you hate it too. <laughs> I think we've all been there, especially when we were young and stupid. Um, but, you know, we play that game with many ways in our lives and not just careers. Uh, but we do that with romantic interest. We do that with church, especially in areas in which there are many churches. We just kind of hop from church to church in search of the perfect church, only to find out that the perfect church doesn't exist because we're there. <laughs> um, so, you know, don't just go hopping around simply because you got burned somewhere. Uh, and that burn may have been genuine. Uh, you may have been wronged, um, and terribly so, uh, by others. But I believe if we're to make healthy decisions in life that we shouldn't simply make uh, knee-jerk reaction decisions um, in which we just flee from one place to the other simply because we've been uh, disappoint, disappointed, hurt, or frustrated uh, or because we've been angered and wronged. Um, but we should rather make um, you know, better decisions based off better reasons than the uh, negative emotional ones. Point number four. This one I've learned the hard way, and I think it's a good one. Um, but I, as I've been told, uh, grow and blossom where you've been planted, as the old timers might say. Only move on in your life and pursue new opportunities to grow only when you realize that there are no more opportunities to grow where you're presently at. If wherever we are is our garden, we should only go to new places when we've tended to what is in front of us and see that there is more opportunity to truly grow elsewhere. Um, but you know, this process, I think, can take a long time to discover. And it's one that may be filled with frustration and hurt and disappointment and anger. Um, and it can take months and years ultimately to discern. But uh, don't run away um, from the hurt and the pain and the disappointment. Although there may be some of that along the way. Um, but wherever you're at, if you're leaving it, try to make sure you are leaving for positive reasons. For reasons so that you can ultimately grow and flourish as a human being. 
Point five. If we are going to grow, we are only going to grow if we go somewhere so that we can serve and add value to wherever it is that we are going. I think in my life, I've realized that if there's still plenty of opportunity for me to serve wherever it is that I'm at, then I should consider staying where I am until things have really run their course. Um, and I think that's you know good advice that uh, you should follow. Stay at the place you are um, and serve and serve there until you find out that you can serve um, at places and have more impact in wherever you're going. And I I decided this recently at work, you know, I've been pretty happy where I am at, at work. Um, You know, there are some frustrations. (laughs) Uh, There are some challenges. And I I saw though recently at work that there's maybe a promotional opportunity or two that I could have pursued at my present employer. But I ultimately decided not to pursue that opportunity um, because I see where I'm at. And I see that there are great needs. And I see there are plenty of opportunities for me to still yet serve and accomplish things on behalf of my employer and add value that even though I might add value and be, you know, serve better opportunities elsewhere for, for that other opportunity, promotional opportunity I could have pursued. Um, I also saw that uh, if I just up and left and pursued that opportunity that, you know, I could probably also simultaneously cause great hurt uh, to the department of the company I presently work at. Um, And so I decided uh, not to simply change simply so I could pursue selfish reasons Um, and to think of ultimately how my choices could negatively impact uh, the work of others at where I'm at. And even though if I left, my company would attempt to uh, fill my current position with somebody else, you know, I've been able not to, not to, you know, get too big for my britches here, um, by any stretch of the imagination. I, I'm, I'm truly staying humble <laughs> about it, but I realize that, uh, I've kind of become almost an indisposable linchpin in my department. And that even though they could attempt to fill somebody, uh, with my spot, uh, should I leave? And they would definitely do such. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not the only person in the world who can do my job. You know, I believe my current leaving, if I left to pursue promotional opportunity, uh, it'd be hard for them to find somebody because I know the pipeline of potential employees that could fill my spot. And I recognize that, uh, you know, maybe the people that uh, would potentially take over um, because they're so limited aren't quite where they need to be yet in order to pursue that opportunity. Um, so not that I'm going to sit there and hold somebody back on, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, sort of thing. But I realize that, you know, really the opportunities, they're not quite there yet um, for s- some other people to step in and, and fill in my shoes. Um, so as a result, uh, I'm not only looking at the value I could add somewhere, but I look at the present opportunity and the value that I'm adding now. So uh, even though I, you know, could go to serve and serve in other capacities at my present employer, I still sit around and look at the the grass that I'm, uh, you know, laying in right now and think, man, there's still so much opportunity 
for me to serve right now. And I think that my employer would benefit greatly from me just continuing on in the role that I'm presently employed at now. So as a result of that, I'm, I'm, I'm staying content. I've decided, you know, for another season or two that I'm going to stay in my current role. I don't plan on staying there forever. I, I do want to grow with my company if possible. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, it would probably be wise um, for me to think of somebody simply outside, you know, not just myself, um, but to, to think of others outside of myself. Of course, I could sit there and think, well, you know, if I take a promotional opportunity, it'd be more money. Uh, and uh, more money is always good, right? <laughs> but, you know, I think we need to realize there are things more important than just money um, when it comes to making uh, business and job and career type decisions. Point number six. We need to move when we are recognizing that we are in need of pruning in our lives. Not all growth is healthy growth. Plants regularly grow things, if you ever notice, plants regularly grow things that negatively impact the ability of the plant to thrive as it should and to mature into the beautiful plant that it could ultimately be. Um, which ultimately hurts its long-term ability to flourish. Uh, and you see that regularly with like trees, for example. They grow all sorts of crazy branches, um, branches that kind of uh, you know take away from its ability to catch all the rainwater that it needs to take. And it grows branches in weird places um, that uh, you know keep it from shaping up the way it should. And uh, as a result, some pruning is necessary so that the tree can be healthy and beautiful and to flourish and to become the tree uh, that it ultimately needs to become. Because, if you know, sometimes the tree gets crazy in its growth and it could grow crazy thick branches in places that ultimately cause the tree to fracture and split and break apart uh, and ultimately destroy itself with. Um, so when we see such things growing in our lives... There are things that we need to prune. And if you see such things growing in your life and they start to overwhelm you and they start to um, you know, keep you from flourishing as you should, uh, this could be a sign that some changes are needed in your life and that there are some things in your life that you just need to ultimately cut out. And that could be, you know, something with your job. That could be something with some relationships. Uh, that could be some things at church and with ministries. You know, whatever your circumstances are, there are some things that just need to go. Uh, because if they don't, they threaten your ability uh, to flourish and uh, could ultimately cause you to die. So, see, take some inventory of your life. See if uh, some changes aren't needed. See if there's you got you just got too much on your plate, and see if there aren't some uh, dead branches that maybe uh, you know you might need to just cut off from your life. Point seven: Do the things ultimately that will increase your sense of dependency on the Lord. I think there are times when we feel frozen when it comes to making choices. 
Um, because we all want to have things figured out before we take the next step. We want to know not only what the next step's going to be, but we want to know what the next 10 are going to be. And we're not going to take those steps until we have everything figured out. Uh, some of us are just kind of control freaks that way. And we kind of get a, uh, what some call an analysis paralysis, you know, uh, you get investors who want to make investment decisions and they want to buy stocks or invest in various companies, but they won't do so until they've run all the numbers and have everything figured out and feel like they can just clutch it all. Um, and as a result, we kind of uh, overthink things to death. And some of you listening to this podcast like me are overthinkers. You just want to have it all figured out. Well, let me tell you something. You're never going to have it all figured out in this life. Um, and while I think we should regularly think things over, uh, carefully make decisions in life, we shouldn't just rush into things. We should consult, like I talked about earlier, with uh, wise people, and we should weigh our decisions in life. Um, there are times in life where push comes to shove and where we can't possibly take on any additional information, and additional information may not be the thing necessary to make us uh, make a decision. If anything, it's just going to paral uh, paralyze us all the more um, because we'll never know for sure what lies ahead. Um, so there are going to be times where we're going to have to take blind leaps of faith in order to move forward. Um, so if if there, there gets a point to where you need to make that leap of faith and if the only way forward is to, to trust in the Lord, well, you're going to have to do it. Um, and if, if that leap of faith causes you to, to create uh, more dependency on the Lord, well, I think that's a good thing because the Lord is our shepherd. And if he is sovereign and in control of our lives at the end of the day, then let us make those leaps of faith that ultimately put us in a place where we do have to trust in the Lord to figure out because we don't really know how it's all going to wash out in the end anyway. And I know in my life, there's, there's not, been not too many times in my life where I've had to make blind leaps of faith. Um, but uh, those blind leaps of faith that I have made, the few and the far in between, <laughs> they've been some of the best decisions that I've ever made. And I think that's ultimately because the Lord you know, go, kind of goes back to point one. He's sovereign, he's in control, and he has planted us in the garden that he has ultimately planted us in. And he's made us stewards of that. Uh, and he's ultimately going to back whatever it is that we decide to do in him as we walk through the paths of righteousness. Uh, says elsewhere, elsewhere in the Bible that, uh, you know, whatever you do, acknowledge the Lord. Give him honor and place and everything. And he'll make your paths straight. So trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own heart. Lean not on your own counsel. You know, God's got your back. Trust him with that. And recognize that he's ultimately the one directing it all anyway. Even if you're the one making 100% <laughs> of the decisions. Um, it's all his. So let's trust him in it. Well, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey. This has been episode 39. I hope I have helped you make, uh, giving you some advice on how 
to be in search of greener pastures, but ultimately to walk with a spirit of contentment, knowing that God's in control and that he's got your back and your best interest at heart all of the time. And if his eye is on the sparrow, uh, as, as the song goes, <laughs> that his eye is ultimately on me. Reach out to me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Check out the podcast, jimmystable.com slash listen, where you can listen to all previous podcast episodes. I'm on Apple, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Stitcher, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. A million ways for you to get in touch with me. Um, I hope this episode has touched you. Uh, and I'd love to hear some feedback from you. Um, reach out to me. Again, jimmy at jimmystable.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And if you know me in real life, let's get a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe let me help you make a wise decision or two. <laughs> I've got some stories to share. Um, so I think you could you know, possibly find me as a source of inspiration uh, to hopefully move forward. Take care, everybody, and God bless. Greetings all, it's the Theosaurus Rex. Check out this snippet from my latest podcast. God isn't scared by our questions. He's big enough to handle our questions because as Jesus said, he is the truth. All truth is found in Christ, therefore it doesn't matter if we question him about the truth, because it will eventually lead to him. I think for some reason, and I don't know where it came from, but I do have some ideas, we have this idea that we aren't allowed to question God. We aren't allowed to question the church. We aren't allowed to question the teachings of our pastors and leaders. It may be a holdover from the Catholic tradition where you aren't allowed to question some. It may be as simple as a misunderstanding of what some believe faith is. They say that belief without evidence is faith. And that's not true. And wherever this idea came from that we can't question things, we can't question God, it's just straight up bad theology. If you like what you heard, check out at St. Theosaurus Rex on Twitter or any of the at Air Smudge family of podcasters. The Theosaurus Rex.